Welcome back to Course Correction Radio, everybody. Thank you for joining me. I am sorry about the delay. Um, had a few different things go wrong, as a matter of fact. Um, Welcome back to Course Correction Radio. My name is Trey Harris, and here in the studio, which is today, it's the kitchen. Um, But it looks like we have a very special guest. We have we're there, Sarah Danielle Harris, my lovely Um, wife. I'm going to do as much of this as I can. And today, if you are watching this, that means that this is can. So, as you saw in the title, Shavuot Pentecost. This week's episode is titled "A House of Merchandise." It's finally here at the time of this recording this is saturday night 9:52 a or excuse me PM. His first i'm tired it's been a long day it's been a long good day though so with a we scourge are made by his own coming hands out of the intro all. now we can see how that applies to the the house of god overall today so let's get into it so but before we do that let us go over here and we will give me just a second. All right, there we go. So let's go. First of all, let's hit this intro and then we'll go. All right, so guys, make sure you check out nowucTV.org. We got tons of, um, we got the Book of Enoch video commentary series with um, David Carrico and John Pounders. We have got, let's see what else we've got. They've got so many things. I'm just going to take you through a quick tour of the website. So you've got all the cutting edge from 2021. Cannot recommend that enough. If you need news that cuts through the filter of all of these biases and really just fake news that's going on today. I recommend checking that out. We got Mockingbird News, Pick Your Poison Wednesday. That was a good show. Um, Be careful what you say. This was just a couple of weeks ago. Um, And if you would like to catch the Cutting Edge Sunday Night Show live, they are on not long after us. You can catch them at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, 6 p.m. Central. So uh, make sure you guys don't miss that. We've got Now You See TV exclusives all down through here, the Dark Covenant series. We've got extended um, interviews from that, the Book of Enoch video commentary, Midnight Ride banned from YouTube section, Pounders Live banned from YouTube section, and of course... The Too Hot for YouTube section. So make sure you guys check that out. And you can. We are excited to offer. You guys can use our promo code CCR for your first month free. That's all caps CCR. For your first month free. And I'll put that on the screen so you can see it again. All right. Also, we would like to thank Annie over at Shake and Wake Radio. Annie, thank you so much for letting us be a part of the Shake and Wake family. Thank you for letting us get our message out there. Um, thank you. Thank you so much. God bless you. And God bless everybody that that is partnering with you over there. Let's check this out. We got 
and come over here. And if you just scroll through here, you can see some of the shows that are up here. Really good shows. Really good alternative media over here. Walter Weiss, we've used him before to talk about some of the things with holidays and their um, pagan origins. You've got um, a bunch of great shows over here. So make sure you guys check out shakeandwakeradio.com. And I don't have it up here. Make sure you guys check out truthradioshow.com as well. Make sure you guys support Dan, who also will get you unfiltered news that you can trust. So without any further ado, let us get into this. So let me pull up an extra window here. Um, matter of fact, we'll just click on that. Let's see. Then we'll do it like that. There we go. Quick and painless. That way you guys can see and read along. Let me turn my chair around this way. All right, so we're going to start in John chapter 2. For those of you watching this on the uh, video podcast, you can follow along with us. However, those that are listening either on the audio podcast or listening on Shake and Wake Radio, you can, if you've got a Bible, feel free to turn along with us. We're going to be going to the King James. We're going to be starting in verse 12. Now, after this, he went down to Capernaum, he and his mother and his brethren and his disciples, and they continued there not many days. And the Jews' Passover was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem and found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money, and overthrew the tables, and said unto them that sold doves, Take these things, hence make not my father's house an house of merchandise. And his disciples remembered that it was written, The zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. Then answered the Jews, and said unto him, What sign shewest thou unto us, seeing that thou doest these things? Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then said the Jews, Forty and six years was this temple in building, and wilt thou rear it up in three days? But he spake of the temple of his body. When therefore he was risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he said unto them, and they believed the scripture, and the word which Jesus had said. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover and the feast day, many believed his name when they saw miracles, saw the miracles which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men and needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. So, I was really puzzled most of the week what to talk about when looking at this section because right here I have whoops, the life and times of Jesus the Messiah. Let's take this over to the full screen so that way you guys can see. Well, you guys can see a better. Let's go. Yeah, let's do that. All right, so we've got the life and times of Jesus the Messiah by Alfred Hedersham. We're going to read some of his quotes 
first what I'd actually like to do is let me grab my copy of um, of Welcome back to Course Correction Radio. My name is Trey Harris, and here in the studio, which is today it's the kitchen, (laughs) um, we have a very special guest. We have Sarah Danielle Harris, my lovely wife. Hi, guys. Today, if you are watching this, that means that this is this is Shavuot Pentecost. It's it, not right now, but when you're watching it, it will be. It's finally here. At the time of this recording, this is Saturday night, nine fifty-two a. Excuse me, p.m. <laughs> right, I'm tired. It's been a I'm long day. It's been a long good day, so you though. Can see it as so, well. We are um, coming out of the intro now. Let's go back over to the shared screen. And what we're going to do is we're going to come over here where we are at. Click on commentaries. Excuse me. Excuse me. All right. All right, so there you guys can see that right there. I may have clicked on the wrong one. No, it's the right one. They've got two different versions of Matthew Henry's commentary up here. All right, so. Whoops, went too far down. That way you guys can follow along at least somewhat. All right, verses 12 through 22, it says, Number one, the short visit Christ made to Capernaum, it is called his own city in Matthew 9, verse 1, because he made it his headquarters in Galilee and what little rest he had there. It was a place of concourse, and therefore Christ chose it, that the fame of his doctrine and miracles might thence spread the further. The company that attended him thither, his mother, his brethren, and his disciples, wherein Christ went, He would not go alone, but would take those with him who had put themselves under his guidance. Now, that's what you and I are supposed to do when we say that we are Christians, we are little Christ, we are Christ followers. We should put ourselves under his guidance, but it's not something you see a whole lot in the church these days. So let's go on. He could not, we already, I think we already read that. He could not go alone, but they would follow him. Or, yeah, they would follow him because they liked the sweetness either of his doctrine or of his wine. His mother yet followed him, not to intercede with him, but to learn of him. His brethren, who were at the marriage, and his disciples attended him wherever he went. It should seem that people were more affected with Christ's miracles at first than they were afterwards when custom made them seem less strange. 
His continuance there, which was at this time not many days, Christ was still upon the remove, would not confine his usefulness to one place because many needed him. He did not stay long at Capernaum because the Passover was at hand and he must attend at Jerusalem. All right. So the Passover he kept at Jerusalem, it is the first after his baptism. Christ being made under the law observed Passover at Jerusalem. He went up to Jerusalem when the Passover was at hand that he might be there with the first. Christ kept the Passover at Jerusalem yearly ever since he was 12 years old. But now that he was entered upon his public ministry, we expect something more from him than before. And two things he did there. Number one, he purged the temple, verses 14 through 17, which says, And he found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting. And when he had put a scourge of small cords, he drove them out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and poured out of the changers' money and overthrew the tables, said unto them that sold doves. You know, we read this. So the first place we find him is at Jerusalem was in the temple. And it should seem that he did not make any public appearance till he came thither. The first work we find him at the temple. Was the purging of it. He first purged out what was amiss and then taught them to do well. He expects that all who come to him should reform their hearts and lives. And this he has taught us by purging the temple. See here, what were the corruptions that were to be purged out? He found a market in one of the courts of the temple, that which was called the court of the Gentiles. They sold oxen and sheep and doves for sacrifice, not for the common use, but for the convenience of those who came out of the country. And could not bring their sacrifices in kind along with them. The market was admitted into the temple by the chief priest for filthy lucre. Great corruptions in the church owe their rise to the love of money. And that is what we are going to be talking about today. See, the whole point of the Likened Unto Moses podcast, and we've, ta- we've done it in the past. In the very first episode, we looked at the similarities in the political structure of the first century Judea versus the political structure of modern-day America. And boy, we had a corrupt Senate then. We have a corrupt Senate now. We had sexual degeneracy then. We have sexual degeneracy now. And it doesn't matter. Pick your poison. It was in Rome. It's here now. Everything is almost identical. And what we have here is we have a pollution of the so-called house of God We have this temple that, notice, other than when Jesus was there, the the, the Spirit of God never dwelt upon the place. It wasn't the temple that had the Ark of the Covenant that the Spirit of God descended upon. If If you are a follower of this channel and you've listened to FOJC Radio, you know that Brother David has talked about how, I believe it was in the book of Ezekiel, that the Spirit of God came up off of the temple, and that was 
very much related to what we're seeing now. That was that was G, that was Jesus. That was when we when we look at that spirit of God coming off of it. That was so we have Jesus dwelling inside the temple and he purges it just as the temple was purged. Then because of the corruptions going on, then the spirit of God could not dwell there. And what did Jesus say? He did not mince words. He said, destroy this temple and I will rebuild it in three days. In other words, he was saying, this is not the house of God. It can't be the house of God because these things would not be allowed. So, come back over here for a minute. So, think about what we have going on here now and well, we just, we will know that the things that, we have we have very similar things going on now. So Welcome our, back to Course Correction Radio. My name is Trey Harris, and here in the studio, which is, today it's the kitchen. This was um, just last year. We this have a March very 19th, special guest. We have 2020, and this is everybody's least favorite pastor in America, Kenneth Copeland. And listen to what he says. So I think I've got that to where you guys can hear it. So let's go. What a despicable human being. I just don't know any other way you can put it. People have lost their jobs. Like, literally, people could not work because of what was going on. Not because there was anything super dangerous out there. I'm going to keep my mouth shut too much because I don't want to get in too much trouble here. But um, we have people that had to they, they their jobs laid them off or what have you, because of everything that was going on in 2020. And now, I mean, it's just, and then you want them to send in money. Ah, What a despicable human being. And look, here's another degenerate right here. Let's take a look at this one. Start this over from the beginning. It'll let me. Goodness gracious. Hmm. Not, not not sure what's going on with this one. Let's see if it'll play from here. Huh. Let's try that.
Guys, I think Joel Osteen broke my computer. I'm just kidding. Anyway, I can fill you in on what that one was. So basically, what happened is Joel Osteen was on the um, the Oprah Winfrey show, right? Um, of course. Um, but basically, she gives them this shtick about how... Um, televangelists are known for taking people's money. They're known for being sleazy, kind of con artist people. And Joel Osteen says he just tries to do the opposite. He doesn't ask people for money. But then it goes on and shows an email at the end that he sends people about how they can sow their seed, how they can, you know, they can give a gift. So and <laughs> and the guy that doesn't ask for money was asking for money. So, I mean, what... It's just unbelievable, these people, man. So, um, let's see. How are we looking on time? So, we're about 20 minutes in. So, um, another thing I wanted to do is... So, let's go over and we're going to read... Um, this was the book that made me... Let's see. There we go. You guys could see the screen, but I couldn't. So, um, and if you ever want to read it online, I, I highly recommend getting yourself a physical copy of this. But if, ah, that was the problem. I had a book sitting on the keyboard. Unbelievable. Didn't even realize it was there. See if it'll let me do that from there. Probably not from there. So let's um we'll click on the home page. And what you can do is they've got these tools down here. And you can come down to library. So if you're on, for those of you listening on either the audio podcast or if you're listening on Shake and Wake Radio, here's what you can do. You can go to biblehub.com forward slash library, and if you want to read the life and times of Jesus the Messiah, you can type it into their search bar. And you can pull it up right there, right online. So let's see. And it was up here, so I hope it still is. Let's go back and do it this way. This was just here earlier when I did it.
Yeah, here it is. Yes, there we go. It's just a little bit farther down than I thought it was. So, and look, it's uh, the entire book is up here. The Life and Times of Jesus the Messiah. You can find the entire book up here digitally. And they've, I mean, they've got the entire thing. So let's go. We're looking for book three. That's book four. So this. I'm going to be in book four, chapter five. The cleansing of the temple, the sign, which is not a sign. And there's a few different quotes I want to read. So we'll go into this real quick. Um, this really blew blew this out of the water for me as far as how this how this applied to the cleansing of the temple. So let's go. You know he talks about um, there's so just like he goes through the the, the entire thing we did uh, John two twelve through twenty five, but he mentions this. He said, if we could only feel quite sure and not merely deem it probable that the Telhum of modern exploration marks the site of ancient Capernaum um, with what solemn interest we would wonder over its ruins. We know from the Old Testament history, so he goes in to talk about, you know, that being the um, being the uh, the chief home of Jesus. And he says, and the reason he brings that up is... Um, he basically goes in, sets up the stage for what's happening. He says, um, you know, he talks about the year that Jesus was baptized, how we can know that this was the Passover that took place that following spring. And what he does is he does some, um, he cites a few texts about how it was probably the year 27 AD. And it says, a month before the feast on the 15th of Adar, bridges and roads were put in repair and sepulchers whitened to prevent accidental pollution to the pilgrims. Then some would select this out of the three great annual feasts for the tithing of their flocks and herds, which in such case had had to be done two weeks before the Passover, while others would fix it as the time for going up to Jerusalem before the priests to purify themselves, that is, to undergo the prescribed purification in any case of Levitical defilement. But what must have appealed to everyone in the land was the appearance of the money changers who opened their stalls in every country town on the 15th of Adar, just a month before the feast. There were, no doubt, regularly accredited and duly authorized for all Jews and proselytes, women and slaves and minors accepted, had to pay the annual temple tribute of a half a shekel according to the sacred standard equal to a common Galilean shekel, which was about two dinars. From this tax, many of the priests to the chagrin of the rabbis claimed exemption on the ingenious plea that Leviticus 6.23, every offering of a priest was offered to be was ordered to be burnt and not eaten while from the temple tribute such offerings were paid for as the two wave loaves and the shoe bread which were afterwards eaten by priests hence it was argued their payment of the temple tribute would have been incompatible with Leviticus 23 and this was what first sent me down the path of wanting to look at people like Kenneth Copeland and Joel Osteen and all these guys because 
they so let's just think. If I remember correctly, Kenneth Copeland has been asked to reveal his tax records, and he won't do it. Joel Osteen has been asked, won't do it. Um, Stephen Furtick has been asked and hasn't done it. Um, and it, it just reminds me of how these priests claim their exemption. Now, keep in mind, all their churches are 501c3 tax-exempt nonprofit organizations, and here they are making profit of them. How, how, how funny is that? So let's see. Um, let's keep going. It is reasonable, nay, and almost necessary inferments that many of the foreign Jews arriving in Jerusalem would take the opportunity of changing at these tables. So uh, let's back up just a little bit. So um, so it talks about this half a shekel. Um, they're, they're basically, so what would happen is these, um, give me just a second, guys. Sorry about that. <laughs> All right. So uh, it talks about how they would have a fixed charge called a ma, um, and it was it was on every half shekel. So basically what they would do is they would set up these tables. Now, they wouldn't take foreign currency. So you had to exchange that for the Jerusalem standard, right? And then what they would do is they would charge you an arm and a leg to exchange the currency. So this is what it says. So, although not only priests, but all other non-obligatory officers and those paid for their poorer brethren were exempted from the charge of the colbone. Now, the colbone was if, um, make sure I'm remembering this correctly. So, but that colbone was um, that, that money changing. It must have brought an immense revenue since not only many native Palestines might come without the statutory coin, but a vast number of foreign Jews presented themselves on such occasion in the temple. Indeed, if we compute the annual temple tribute at about 75,000 pounds, now keep in mind this was in the 1800s, 75,000 pounds, the banker's profits must have amounted to anywhere from 8,000 to 9,000 pounds, an immense sum in the circumstances of the country. But even this does not represent all the facts um, of the case. It is a reasonable, nay, an almost necessary inference that many of the foreign Jews arriving in Jerusalem would take the opportunity of changing at these tables their foreign money, and for this, of course, fresh charges would be made, for there was a great deal to be bought within the temple area needful for the feast in the way of sacrifices and their adjuncts or for purification, and it would be better to get the right money from the authorized changers than have disputes with the dealers. It is difficult to realize the vast accumulation of wealth in the temple treasury, but some idea of it may be formed from the circumstance that despite many previous spoliations, spoliations, excuse me, the value of gold and silver, which Crassus, 54 to 53 B.C., carried from the temple treasury, amounted to the enormous sum of about two and a half millions sterling. Readers of the New Testament know that the noisy, incongruous business of an eastern moneylender was not only one carried on within the sacred temple enclosure, was not the only one carried on 
within the sacred temple of the enclosure. It was a great accommodation that a person bringing a sacrifice might not only learn but actually obtain in the temple from its officials what was required for the meat and drink offering. A regularly qualified examiner was called a mumche, one approved, and how much labor was given to the acquisition of the requisite knowledge appears from the circumstance that a certain teacher is said to have spent 18 months with a farmer to learn what faults in an animal were temporary and which were permanent. That, uh, that comes from the, um, that comes from a, I believe the Tactate Sanhedrin 5B in the Mishnah. Now, as we are informed that a certain mumche of firstlings had been authorized to charge for this inspection was four to six isar. I have no idea how much that is. According to the animal inspected, it is but reasonable to suppose that a similar fee may have been exacted from the examining of the ordinary sacrificial animals, but all trouble and difficulty would be avoided by a regular market within the temple enclosure where, where sacrificial animals could be purchased, having presumably been duly inspected and all fees paid before being offered for sale. It needs no comment to show how utterly the temple would be profaned by such traffic and to what scenes it might lead. From Jewish writings, we know the most improper transactions were carried on to the taking undue advantage of the poor people who came to offer their sacrifices. Thus we read, that on one occasion the price of a couple of pigeons was run up to the enormous figure of a gold dinar, which was a Roman gold dinar. When, though the intervention of Simeon, the grandson of great Hillel, it was brought down to a quarter of a silver dinar, or about, um, he and he, um, it, it was brought down to about a quarter of a silver dinar. Since Simeon is represented as introducing his resolve to this effect with the adjuration by the temple, it is not unfair to infer that these prices had ruled within the sacred enclosure. So, um, just basically what, what, what we see here is that these guys were extortioners and that, that extortion was going on within the temple. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back, read a little more of this, and then we're going to go into, um, we're going to look at some passages. Basically what we're going to do is we're going to apply this to why the Levitical system was gone, was done away with. And we talked about this in the past when we talked about the transfer of the priesthood, but we're going to rehash it knowing um, basically what we're going to do is we're going to take that and apply it to things from the tabernacle. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on Course Correction Radio.
All right. Welcome back to Course Correction Radio. Uh, thank you for sticking with us through the break. Um, so, basically... Um, Welcome back to Course Correction Radio. We my name is Trey Harris, and here in the studio, charging which is... An today, it's the kitchen. Um, <laughs> we have a very special guest. We have currency, but they were charging Sarah Danielle Harris, my lovely wife. Hi, guys. The... For Today, the if you are watching this, that means itself, that right? this so is for the, for the means for sacrifice. This so, is um, Shavuot Pentecost. This because now we it's want not to right find now, out, but when you're watching um, it, it will be. It's finally here at the time of this recording. This is Saturday exactly night, 9.52 a.m. Who was behind Excuse it? me, p.m. <laughs> now, keep in I'm mind, tired. It's been a long day. It's been a long good day, though. From so the various, the vast amounts of Jewish writings that now... That Alfred Edersham had in front of him, but we're gonna go. We're gonna keep going through here, and like I said, you guys can find this on Bible Hub. So, and um, let me just so you guys can see it a little better. Let me turn that spectralizer off real quick. So, so let's see. Go. All right, hopefully you guys can see that a little bit better now. So that spectralizer is mostly for me, so that way I can see it, whether or not it's still picking up the microphone um, because I've recorded in the past, and it, um, it's, I've lost audio about 15 minutes into it and didn't realize that until an hour later. So let's go through this, and we'll read some more. All right. All right, but it can hardly be believed. So basically, this is what it says. There leads this leads to up to another question, most important in this connection: the whole of this traffic, money changing, selling of doves, and market for sheep and oxen was in itself, and from its attendant circumstances, a terrible desecration. It was also liable to gross abuses, but there was about the time of Christ anything to make it specially obnoxious and unpopular, the priesthood must always have derived considerable profit from it. Of course, not the ordinary priests who came up in their orders to minister in the temple, but the permanent priestly officials, the resident leaders of the priesthood, and especially the high priestly family. This opens up a most interesting inquiry, closely connected, as we shall show, with Christ's visit to the temple at this Passover. But the materials here at our command are so disjointed that in an attempt to put them together, we can only suggest what seems most probable, not state what is absolutely certain. What becomes of the profits of the money changers and who were the real owners of the temple market? The first of these questions, the Jerusalem Talmud, gives no less than five different answers, showing that there was no fixed rule as to the employment of these prophets, or at least that it was no longer known at that time. Now, it goes on to say the whole prophets to the money changers, um, it, it says um, it assigns the whole prophets to the money changers themselves, but in that case it can scarcely be doubted that they had to pay a considerable rental or percentage of the leading temple leading temple officials. 
but it can hardly be believed that such was the case in regards to the temple market. On the other hand, there can be little doubt that this market was what in rabbinic writing is styled the bazaars of the sons of Anas. That is, the sons of that high priest Anas, which is so infamous in New Testament history when we read that the Sanhedrin, 40 years before the destruction of Jerusalem, transferred its meeting place from the Hall of Hewn Stones on the south side of the Court of Priests, and therefore partly within the sanctuary itself, to the bazaars, and then afterward to the city, the inference is plain that these bazaars were those of the sons of Anas, the high priest, and that they occupied part of the temple court. In short, the temple market and the bazaars of the sons of Anas are identical. And so we can go there, and I'm going to have to cut this a little short, um, because I have the time to nap with the baby, but we'll, um, that was, uh, I'm here by myself today. Give me just a second. All right, sorry about that. Baby woke up from the nap, so um, I'm here with the kids by myself because my wife is out meeting with a client right now. Um, but so we um, we look at this, and this is basically where we're going to go from here. So w- what what was happening was this was a bazaar, and it goes on to give plenty of examples of how this was um, this this market in the temple was in fact run by the family of the high priest Anas, which is one of the people that was implicit in the crucifixion of Jesus. So let's go here because this is what we want. one of the things we want to look at. So if you're familiar with the book of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews um, says, um, you know, so now of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. We have such an high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which is which the Lord pitched and not man. For every high priest is ordained to offer gifts, right? So the book of Hebrews also says that the tabernacle which was on earth was modeled after this tabernacle. So we know Moses put this down that this was a the dwelling place of God that was made in the image of something in heaven, just as man is made in the image of God, and we are the temple. Paul says, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Lord, right? So we know Jesus said the same thing, destroy this temple and I will rebuild it in three days. Now, one of the things I want you to study, and I wish we had time to go into it, but unfortunately, it is not something that is going to happen today. Just know that there is... 
this is when when the temple was built. So we're talking Herod's temple, which was made in the image of man and not made in the image of God. So how do we fix this problem? So head down to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 1. And I will put that on the screen. Hear the words of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law of the Lord our God, ye people of Gomorrah, these corrupt people. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord? I am full of the burnt offerings of the rams and the fat of fed beasts. We just saw this in Hebrews. That's what chapter 8 is about, how Jesus is such an high priest who only had to offer once. Bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination unto me. The new moons and the Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, I cannot away with. Your new moons and your appointed feasts, my soul hateth. They are a trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. And when we spread forth your hands, and when you spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. So how do we fix this problem? problem verse 7 16 wash you make you clean put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes cease to do evil learn to do well seek judgment relieve the oppressed judge the fatherless plead for the widow come now and let us reason together saith the lord though your sins be as scarlet they shall be white as snow though they be be red like crimson they shall be as wool the blood of jesus christ has washed our sins clean that way we may focus on his doctrine his teachings which can be found in verse 17 to seek judgment relieve the oppressed judge the fatherless and plead for the widow and that is what That's what we'll be doing in this show. I'm going to cut it off there. I'm going to get these kids to go play. We're going to go play outside or something. We'll see you next time on Course Correction Radio.